Hello again, everyone. Welcome to LJN Radio and this edition of Management Decisions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. On this episode, we're talking about working remotely or telecommuting, but not from the perspective of all the benefits an employee gets out of it. Instead, the positive impact for the employer. To do so, we're speaking with Kate Lister. She's a recognized authority on emerging workplace strategies. She's also the president of Global Workplace Analytics, where they do some great things as far as researching the numbers to find out what works best. Kate, thanks a lot for joining the show today. Sure, Tim. Glad to be here. Now, we're speaking about working remotely, uh, telecommuting. Obviously, there are different ways to phrase that, but it seems like it's been a hot topic going on really a number of years now. In general, why do you think it has become really at the forefront of what employees are looking for and what employers should consider? Well, for one thing, it's kind of already happened. Like Elvis, the employees have already left the building. (laughs) When companies do occupancy studies and, you know, to see where people are working and how people are working, they're finding that people are not at their desks Hmm. 50 to 60% of the time. And that's, you know, that's a global statistic. Sure. Just over and over and over again. What's happened is with technology tools, people are already choosing to work in other places. And so in a lot of ways, companies have let this happen rather than make it happen. And in doing that, they kind of leave a lot on the table in terms of the, the benefits that they could derive. So companies are starting to look at that. It really was the recession, I think, that brought it to a head. Mm-hmm. Before the recession, nobody was talking about saving money as a reason to try to increase employee mobility. But then when the recession came, they started looking at this, you know, 50 and 60% unoccupied offices and said, wow, that's a lot of money. And so that was the driver uh, during the recession. Now the, the pendulum has swung. This, this tends to be a, you know, a pendulum kind of thing. Before the recession, it was hiring and retaining the best people, and now it's swung back in that direction, and that's kind of what's driving it now, because employees are desperate for flexibility in their lives of sure. all ages. It's not just the millennials. Yeah, the millennials get the that bad rap, if you will, but you're right. It, it does seem to be across the board in a lot of cases, and we did have you on because I wanted to chat about some of those potential benefits for the employer. I think most people understand what the benefits are for the employees, but sometimes maybe they don't get the whole picture from the company point of view. So I guess I want to start off with um, that idea of whether it be uh, employee satisfaction or attrition. I mean, I guess in those areas, what are some of the things that you've seen and that you would argue that companies should be looking at when, it, when you're talking about telecommuting? Well, the top three concerns among CEOs in the U.S. right now are uh, attraction and retention of talent, Mm -hmm. improving productivity and reducing presenteeism, and increasing engagement. And that's kind of a triple whammy for for mobile work. It can serve all three of those things. And there are different interpretations of the word presenteeism. So let me just say it's it's people that are coming to work, but not really giving it their best, either because they're stressed or they're sick or they're fed up or they're not engaged or or whatever. That's a much, much bigger problem than absenteeism. Right now, it's all about talent. We've got a calculator on our website that a company can put their number of people in and how often they're going to telework, and it'll tell you know, how much the company can save. And on average, it's about $13,000 per employee per year for half-time telework, mobile work, not, not working on-site at the office. Right. Yeah, and obviously, that's a big number in of itself. As you mentioned on your website, you guys have a number of uh, you know interesting statistics and facts and, and some numbers that companies have given you as well. That website is globalworkplaceanalytics.com. One thing that jumped out at me was that a number of employees or people who are surveyed were saying, you know, I'd be willing to give up something in order to have this telecommuting opportunity. What have you seen in, in terms of what people are willing to give to get? As I said, they're desperate for flexibility. 
about 80% of people say they would like to work remotely mm-hmm. at least part of the time. Right. And I think that's an important distinction because a lot of people want to make this polar, you know, oh, they're going to be out of the office all the time. And, and that's just not true. And it's not the best solution for the company. Uh, half times, two to three days a week seems to be that sweet spot. And 30% of those people would be willing to take a pay cut oh, wow. in order to uh, have this flexibility. And on average, that pay cut is about 10%. They really want to have some control over their schedule, some control over their lives, and some places to work where they can concentrate. And what's happening is at home and what they call third places, like coffee shops, are becoming the places for concentration, and the office is becoming the place for collaboration. And companies are completely redoing their real estate around that concept so that you don't have an assigned desk when you come to the office. The intention is that you collaborate hmm. and you drop in from this place to that place, wherever you need to be within that office, all the way up to the CEO. In a lot of companies now, they don't have, don't have assigned desks for you know, even the CEO. But you know, back to that list of, of attraction and retention, there are a whole lot of other things. You know, that productivity that comes from being able to concentrate. It also turns out that people give back about sixty percent of the time they would have otherwise spent commuting. Hmm. And so, you know, they're working more. They're absent less because, you know, if you've got the sniffles and you don't feel good and you want to sit in your jammies, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean, you know, you, you can't work, but you just don't want to drag yourself to the office. Sure. So a lot of people are working even when they don't quite feel well, when they're recovering from an operation, they can come back to work more quickly. Another huge one is continuity of operations. Mm-hmm. This winter showed us snowstorms can really wreak havoc with the workforce. Yeah, no in kidding. Washington, you know, closing down. In fact, the, the federal government calculated some years back that they could pay for the entire five-year cost of a mobile work program with just one day of lost productivity because people couldn't get to work. Wow. Yeah, I guess sometimes people don't really think about kind of the uh, the big picture side of things. As you mentioned, people are always worried, oh, they're not going to be in the office and it's that day to day. But as you said, there are a lot of ways that you can be handling that. I wanted to go back to something and you mentioned it initially off the top as well. The idea of saving money just in terms of space, like office space and the whole idea of brick and mortar. How much do you think that should play a factor in what companies are looking to do in terms of remote working and downsizing that space? For the recession, it wasn't a driver. It became a big driver during the recession. And it's still out there. I mean, companies you know, are, are, have learned something, at least temporarily, from the recession. And so they're learning how to operate in a leaner fashion. You know, on average, I would say it's about a 25% reduction in uh, real estate. Okay. So, you know, we're talking big numbers. Yeah. But what a lot of companies are doing is instead of just reducing the real estate, they're just reconfiguring it. So, you know, people complain there's not enough office, there's not enough room for meetings. Mm-hmm. So they've got small collaboration rooms and big collaboration rooms and coffee shops and places where sort of that serendipity encounter tends to occur. And you know, that's where they say creativity and innovation occurs as well. And so, you know, that's still on the table, but it's more being done around how do we best support our people, okay. not we just need to reduce our real estate. And, what, and the ones that are really driven by that tend to fail because there's nothing in it for everybody else. Sure, sure. Now, of course, as we talked about, you know, the idea of engaging your employees and the retention, those are big things. How about from the other point of view of bringing in talent or expanding the talent pool? How does offering that telecommuting option really increase the chances of bringing in that great talent? Well, as I said, 80% of the people want <laughs> want <laughs> this flexibility in their life. So, I mean, it really is on the table and it vacillates oh, between like the first and maybe third or fourth driver in people that are looking for for work. Sure. That's one of the top things for a lot of people. And that's 
that's increasing. I think there's another thing that we need to face is the reality of elder care. I don't know if you've had it in your life, but if you've ever had to take care of an aging parent, you know that it is a huge drain on your ability to work, your ability to concentrate, Mm -hmm. stress, and so forth. And so some of these, you know, being able to work remotely, it's not really appropriate when small children are around, but elder care is is kind of a different thing. Just being there, uh, knowing that you know, you're there with them can make a big difference in the level of stress that uh, an employee feels. Yeah. And you mentioned the parent side, obviously that can be a little difficult, as you said, if you have small children, but I think that was also mentioned in there as at least an option, because if parents do have to get their kids here and there, um, it reduces that stress, kind of that flexibility idea. Can you see that being a benefit to those parents out there who might be trying to find that balance of, you know, again, playing that role and also being a good employee? Yeah, absolutely. The statistics show that even just offering employees flexibility and not just in the matter of where they work, but time they work, when they when they come to work, when they go home, time off and that kind of thing, just offering it increases job satisfaction, even if they don't use it. Sure. So just knowing that, you know, okay, if I have to re- meet the refrigerator repairman at the convenient times of between three and five o'clock on Thursday, <laughs> um, I can do it. <laughs> You know, I can take my kids to school. I can go to their ball games. And I think this is particularly important to the, the millennial generation. They really are more of a, they have a blended attitude toward work. It's not really work and home. It's, they do it all together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's particularly important to, to that group. And it's, it, it's important to seniors. It's important to Gen X, all for different reasons. Sure. Another phrase that I saw on your site uh, regarding telecommuting, it says telecommuting improves performance measurement systems. What do you mean by that and how does that apply? Most managers are managing by butts and seats. You know, if I can see their head, that means they're working. Hmm. Well, that doesn't account for why uh, YouTube video viewership is highest (laughs) during the working hours. (laughs) And we won't mention which, which sites that are going to. Employees admit to wasting two hours a day, you know, while they're in the office. This legacy of managing by looking around doesn't work anymore because they're not there. And so we need to manage in new ways. I mean, the, the, the experts have been telling us since the 50s, the way to manage people is to give them goals, remove the obstacles for them meeting those goals, and get out of their way. Let them do what they do best. But that's simply not what we do. But if you're going to have a remote workforce, it's a necessity. I mean, you, you have to have that to make it work. Right. And I would argue that you have to have that to make it work, whether they're remote or whether they're, they're uh, right <laughs> there in the building. Good point. Uh, and then, it, you're, I mean, you're right as far as that consistency. It's not going to differ one way or the other. But uh, as you said, there might be that tendency to lean on the, I guess, the visual of seeing the people working versus, as you, as you mentioned, if you're working at home, all I have to go on is your productivity, really. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's even some technologies coming around that you can be, you, your video cameras on all the time and they can watch you working. I mean, I, I just hope that that is not the solution we come to and that we in fact learn to, to trust people and manage people. You know, the funny thing that, that I often think about is why do we hire a contractor, a contract worker, and we give them some job? We don't watch them do it. We sure. don't expect them to sit in our building and do it, but we pay them probably more than we pay our employees to do that job they're being measured by results. And that's how we should measure people within companies. A very interesting perspective. I think uh, a good point there as far as comparing the two. When somebody is working, say, let's just say at home, for example, I've heard a lot of concerns from employers saying, well, they're going to get distracted with laundry. They're going to have the TV on. They're going to be doing all this sort of stuff. And then I see numbers that say productivity is actually better for a lot of people when they're at home. What would you say as far as comparing the idea of productivity versus distractions when they're working at home? 
I'm kind of a research nut, so I like to, to look to the research and, and see you know, what the real story is. And I've just never seen one that shows, I mean, a real study that right. shows people are less productive at home. Interesting. And I've seen many and many companies that have measured this that say they're more productive at home. I mean, every time you get interrupted in an office, it takes you 25 minutes to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, so somebody dropping into your cubicle and, you know, talking about this or talking about that and all the sort of meetings that just sort of spring out of nowhere are really, really a drain on people's time and their productivity. I wish I could remember the number of, of how many times an employee is interrupted during a day, but it, it's just horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas at home, you know, things tend to come through email or, you know, maybe um, instant messaging right. or you know, rarely maybe the phone will ring. That's sort of things that you can manage better than you can somebody just popping into your, your office or your cubicle or whatever. We are getting close to the time, but I did want to make sure we still cover the other side of it. If an employer is thinking about doing this in some capacity, what would you say to them that they need to consider as far as factors that they need to keep in mind when offering this or how it might work? Just kind of a, a summary idea of what could be the concerns, legitimate concerns they'd have. They need to make it formal. This doesn't just happen. Employees need to be trained. Middle managers need to you need to address their fears. Uh, you know they're going to they're going to worry about employees will be sight out out of sight out of mind. We wrote a an e work course for a company called e work e learning course called the case for change, and it's all about why are we doing this and what's in it for me because that's what every employee, middle manager, and senior manager is asking. So you really need to be upfront. Be open, be transparent, have a conversation, address people's fears, give them the training they need, give them the tools they need to get their job done. You've got to invest in the technologies that make this kind of thing work. Not everybody's going to be right for this. You know, have a selection process that's fair and that's rigorous and have policies in place. You know, make it formal. Don't just let it happen. One other thing I want to mention before we go is the environmental impact. We have to become more sensitive to the environment. And there is just no cheaper, easier, better way to reduce your carbon footprint than by allowing your employees to work remotely. In fact, we have a, we ran the numbers on the whole U.S. And if, if those people who wanted to work from home and uh, had compatible jobs did so just two days a week, uh, two and a half days a week, we could reduce our Gulf oil imports by the equivalent of taking the uh, entire New York State workforce off the road. Well, that is uh, that would be a big number for sure. <laughs> and if you've driven in New York, it's really not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's another fair point. So you can see a lot of possible benefits with the idea of telecommuting. Kate, some excellent stuff, uh, great information. And again, if people want to check out more information on this, globalworkplaceanalytics.com is a, a site that has a lot of that information for you. And uh, Kate, thanks a lot for joining us and sharing. Yeah, great to talk to you. That will do it for us here on Management Decisions and our conversation with Kate Lister, the president of Global Workplace Analytics. Again, you can check out globalworkplaceanalytics.com to find out more details. If you want to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can connect with us on Twitter at the LJN. And you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.